powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Sides were taken over. Huh. Lift your Bibles high. Say, This is the Lord's Passover. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing for just a moment. I want you to go to Leviticus chapter 23. I want you to go to Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus comes from the uh, individual named Levi. Levi means attached to. It deals with the priesthood. They were attached to God. Say the priesthood. All right, so, so, so just so you understand the meaning of this. Leviticus 23 and 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Notice the order. God spoke to Moses, Leviticus 23 and 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 2, speak to the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, you speak to the people. And the Lord speaks to the man of God and say, you speak to the people of God. Touch your neighbor and say, don't try to cut that order. A lot, a lot of mistakes you're going to make is because you try to break the order. God's order is, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, you speak to the children of Israel and you say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Say convocations. Say that means gathering together. He says, these things you're going to proclaim and they're going to be holy gatherings or dis- the word holy means distinct. They're going to be distinct gatherings. These are my what? Feasts. Now, uh, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this is the first of the major spring feasts. This is the Lord's Passover. 
the spring feasts are about to spring you forward. All right, that was the wrong neighbor. Try somebody else. Say the spring feasts are about to spring you forward. Now, I just, there's somebody, you've already done it, but just take a prophetic gesture. Just go on and take you a step. You just stepped out of depression. Take your, you just stepped out of discouragement. You just stepped out of death. Say, I'm springing forward in Jesus' name. Father, customize, tell him, make this work for us, your people, that we would move and walk in the great things you have ordained. This is the Lord's Passover. And because we decided to honor you, your word makes us a promise that you will honor us in Jesus' name. I need the superheroes in here to just give God a Shabbat. That means a loud shout. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The spring Hebrew feast we're going to learn about tonight fall in the middle of our series, Superheroes. And in this series, Superheroes, we're going to unlock our divinity because the Bible says that as he is, you finish it, and he is divine. And we've learned that that word divine means that he's excellent, and it also means to be of, from, or like a God. In fact, 1 John 4, 17 says, because as he is, so are we in this world. And since we're like him, when we understand how he is and what he does, we'll see how we should be and what we should do. Now, in Luke 22, among many other places, we see that Jesus honored the Hebrew feast. Now, Jesus is the anthropos. He is God in a body. Say God in a body. Now, that's important to understand. The reason God put himself in a body was twofold. One, he did it because he needed to uh, come down to pay the price for our sin. The reality is, is that God knew we were never going to be able to get it all the way right. So sometimes, you know, somebody can't get the job done. You sometimes say, I'll do it myself. Anybody you had even over the last couple of months of your life, you kept telling somebody to do it. They kept messing it up. And you said, you know what? Just leave it alone. I'll do it myself. Jesus coming is God's way of saying they can't get it. So I'll just come down and do it myself. I know they can't keep all of this law so I'll do it myself I know they can't walk this walk quite perfectly so I'll do it myself and all they have to do is receive me and they'll get credit as if they lived as me that's why the Bible says he gives us his righteousness as a free gift. Righteous means to be in right standing with God, which means when you become a Christian, you're now in right standing with God, not because you've done everything right, but because he did everything right and all you have to do is live vicariously through him. But then secondarily, secondarily, we see Jesus now uh, becoming and coming to earth and be God becoming a man so that he would understand what it is to be a human. How is it that you're going to be able to lead a people and you don't understand what it is a people deal with? Which is why in your life, there's certain things you've gone through, certain things you've experienced, certain things you've suffered, certain things that you've had to go through. And sometimes you didn't understand why you went through it when you went through it. It is because there are people that you will influence that you need to be able to understand what it is that they're going through how are you going to get somebody through betrayal unless you've been betrayed how are you going to get somebody through heartache unless you've had some heartache how are you going to help somebody through a divorce unless you've been divorced how are you going to speak to somebody's pain if you ain't never been in pain yourself but your neighbor your neighbor has been through hell and they come back from hell and now they got a testimony would you high five somebody next to you say i've been to hell but i got a testimony I learned that there is life after betrayal. There is life after death. There is a bounce back. There is a reset. So, 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 so he had to come to understand us. But then also he needed to give us an example. So in Luke chapter 22, among many other places, we see that Jesus honored the Hebrew feast. In fact, what is often called the Last Supper. Anybody ever heard that phrase, the Last Supper, all right? It's the famous picture that you see. That was actually Passover. 
Got it? Now, watch this. That's because God, nor the Bible, is based off of the Gregorian calendar. It's named after Pope Gregory. Uh, we use, uh, that goes from January to December. Instead, the Bible is based off of the Hebrew calendar in which the months are, I'm going to go quickly, get the CD, or get it on auto message, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz, Av, Elul, Tishri, Sheshvan, Keslev, Tevet, Shabbat, Adar. I know I went fast, get the CD, or get it on auto message. Now, the Hebrew calendar, say Hebrew calendar. It has four different starts to the calendar depending on the purpose. And this concept is very important for us to understand because it communicates God is constantly creating new beginnings by design. Say it again. God is constantly creating new beginnings by design. God says, listen, I've built it into the system that, watch this, about every three months you're going to get a reset. And I don't know about you, but that's good news because sometimes have you ever started making some progress and then got a little stagnant, then got a little frustrated and said, God, I just need a reset. Well, he built it into the system. Touch the neighbor say, a new beginning is built in. Which means I don't care what's been going on up until tonight. This is a reset for somebody. This is a new beginning for somebody. This is a fresh start from somebody. I don't care how bad you messed up. I don't care how bad you fell. Somebody holler and say, it's a new beginning tonight. Now, at Harvest, we don't honor things like Ash Wednesday nor Good Friday because you do know Jesus wasn't crucified on a Friday. So somebody said, Bishop, why in the church having Good Friday service? Because we can count and read. Matthew 12, 40 says that Jesus would be dead for three days and three nights. Friday night, Saturday night. Touch your neighbor and say, I did learn how to count. Okay, so three days, three nights, the scripture says. And the scripture says he got up early on the first day of the week, which would be Sunday. So then we know that he didn't die on Friday. So that's why we don't celebrate Good Friday because every day is a good day when you're in Jesus. And, they, and Friday, he was already almost done. Three days, three nights, okay? So watch this. Uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, one day. Thursday night, Friday night, one day. Friday night, Saturday night, three days, three nights, early on Sunday morning. Okay, so just in case you wonder, why the church ain't doing nothing but Good Friday? Because we can read and count. Okay, all right. We also don't honor things like Lent because that's not biblical. Somebody say, what are you giving up for Lent? Nothing. It's not biblical, okay? Do you understand that? So when you got people on your job talking about, what are you giving up for Lent? Aren't you a Christian? I'm a Christian that can read. And I'm taught well. You ought to come over here and get you some of this good eating. And be like, bam, here going in by car. Just that. Now, we don't beat up on anybody. We don't, there's no need to fuss and fight with people about that. What we honor instead are the feasts because those are biblical. The feasts in scripture, it means an appointed time. Say appointed time. Appointed time, that phrase uh, it would correlate to the Greek word kairos. Kairos uh, means a moment when heaven invades the earth. There were two Greek words for time. Chronos, chronological time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But then uh, kairos, which means a quality of time. More specifically, it meant a time in which heaven interrupted the schedule as usual. So a feast is when heaven interrupts the schedule as usual. Say tonight's an interruption. Uh, watch this. They are called holy convocations. That means it's a meeting between God and men in which we corporately gather. Now, your prayer, praise, and worship sets an appointment with God. But a feast is an appointment that heaven or God sets with you. And the concept was simple. If you fail to honor the appointment, you missed it until it happened that same time next year. But look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I didn't miss my appointment tonight. 
See, just you physically being here and fighting through traffic and fighting through this and fighting through that, God says, I got something for you because you honored what's important to me. Now, there are seven major Hebrew feasts, and all the feasts are embodied in Jesus. Now, watch this. And anyone that is a Christian is presented with the opportunity to receive the blessing from the feast. Seven is the biblical number of completion. So when we see this picture of the feast, say the feast, there are seven major. Seven is completion. Now, completion, that word completion, seven also implies and means shalom. Got it? Shalom is nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So check this out. The meaning when you honor the feast, you are actually setting up your life to be shalom. You missed it. Shalom ain't just going to happen. Shalom is intentional. But when you honor the feast, you are setting up yourself to be shalom. You, you don't understand what I'm saying. So you honoring the feast is more than just you feeling like you're a good Christian because you're doing what the Bible says. You honoring the feast is saying, Shalom, come here. Did you get that, church? That's why 1 Samuel 2 and 30 says, For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. In other words, God says, If you make what's important to me important to you, then I'm going to make you important to us. If you don't make us, meaning heaven, if you don't make it important, well, then, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. Oftentimes, people confuse God's love uh, as, as uh, you know, sometimes we confuse God's love with the quality of life that we live. Now, realizing the quality of life that you live is based on the choices that you make. So if you choose to dishonor God or God's word or God's structure or God's order, then you're going to have a poor quality of life. That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It just means you don't get to have God on your terms. We don't get to have God on our terms. Well, I feel like this. I feel like that. I'm feeling some type of way. Well, listen, this is not, he's not a genie in the bottle. You don't rub him the right way. That's not how this works. It's God on his terms, and his terms are the feast. And when you honor the feast, God says, now you're setting your life up to be shalom, which means if you're not shalom, maybe it's because you have an honor problem. I'm going to say that again. If you're not shalom, if something's missing, if something's lacking, if something's broken, and if everything ain't well, you have an honor problem. But tonight, you ought to high five your neighbor and say, I can fix that right away. I can fix that right away. Yep, yep. How do I fix that, Bishop? I make what's important to God important to me, and it takes whatever it takes, which means if it takes all night, it takes all night. If it takes all day, it takes all day. Whether it, whatever it takes, people are in the place tonight. Meaning, God, I'm going to put you first whatever it takes. And I don't care who talks about me. And I don't care who likes me. I'm putting you first whatever it takes. Now, there are three fall feasts. They are Rosh Hashanah. The Day of Atonement, also called Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles. That's also called the Feast of Booths, Ingathering, uh, the Feast of the Final Harvest, and the Feast of Sukkot. That's actually a prior thing there. Uh, 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 now, and the Feast of Tabernacles means the Lord tabernacling with us. But we're not dealing with the fall feast tonight. I just want you to know what they are. Tonight we are dealing with the first of the spring feasts. There are four spring feasts. Say four. Now, four major spring feasts. And they are Passover. I'm going to go slow. Unleavened bread. First fruits and Shavuot. Rewind one more game. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Shavuot. Say it with me. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Shavuot. Now, here's, what, here, here's this. They all represent sudden, fast, forward movement. They all represent sudden. Snap your finger. Like that. Fast, forward movement movement <laughs> they all represent because you ain't got it yet 
sudden, fast forward movement. You, you know why you've been feeling a little kind of, hmm? It's because, watch this, you were in your Passover. I'm going to show you in the text in just a minute. You, you, you were at the first part of Exodus 12, but touch your neighbor and say, I'm making my way to the end of the chapter. Uh-huh, because when it was the Passover, there were some things that tried to delay. There were some things that got in the way. And then all of a sudden, there was sudden, fast, forward, movement. Now, here it is, Passover. Say Passover. This now represents and is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is our, what's called our Passover lamb. We're going to look at that in just a moment in the text. In Exodus chapter 12, if you want to get there before I get there, you can go there. You're going to wait until I get there. Wait, wait until I get there. It's probably best you wait for me to get there since so you know where to go when we get there. All right. Now, watch this. Jesus Christ is our final Passover lamb. So during when we honor the Passover, we're not killing lambs and all that because Jesus is the he is the lamb. That's why we say the blood of the lamb. We're going to see in the scripture why Jesus had to die and why his blood had to be shed. We're going to look at that in just a moment. Now, uh, what happens in scripture? We're going to look at a few things. But what I need you to get is that the, the concept was that no death could come nigh thy dwelling. Uh, the death angel was released, but it had to pass over them. Hence the term Passover. Got it? Now, to get to the Passover, there were 10 plagues before they got there that came to represent the process of separation from Egypt. Watch this. You have been in a process of separation from who you used to be. You have been in a process of separation from the passive you. You have been in a process of separation from the weak you. You have been in a process of separation from the discouraged you. You've been in a process of separation from the depressed you. You've been in a process of separation from the low self-esteem you. Who am I preaching to? You've been in a process of separation for the lazy you. You've been in process of separation for the fearful you. You have been in a process of separation. That's why you've been feeling like you've been grieving. Because you know who died? The old you. And you need to go in and have a fume, put that old thing in the tomb, shut the top and say, I'm glad you're dead. You're no longer good. That version of you ain't going to work. Why? Because you're evolving. You're becoming the best version of yourself. Touch the neighbor and say, I've been in a separation process. That's why your emotions have been up and down all around. It's because somebody died. You know who died? The old you. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. There were 10 plagues before they get to the text. There were 10 plagues that represented the process of separation from Egypt. Egypt now, it means narrow, it means confined. Quite simply, it simply means the old version of yourself, the old way of life. Say, my old way of life is dying. Say, matter of fact, as of tonight, it's dead. Now, the plagues were the process of separation from Egypt. Now, the plagues never hurt the Israelites or the Hebrews, and that's how you've got to view your trouble. It's not designed to hurt you. It's designed to usher you out to take you in. What you've been dealing with over these last few weeks has been ushering. It's like an usher. When you come in church, they do, you know, they got the, you know, all them signs they throw, and then they do, they put you right here, all right, to get you in the right seat. Watch this, because watch this, a storm or trouble is an usher to get you into the right seat. What's this? So your trouble is, hasn't been designed to hurt you. It's been designed to usher you out to take you in. Say, I'm coming out to be taken in. 
Now, watch this, because here's the thing for many Christians, is they come out of stuff, but they never go into what they're supposed to go into, so they're stuck in the wilderness. But I speak it into your life that you ain't going to be stuck in the wilderness, not this time. Say, no wilderness this time. All right, watch this. First sign, uh, first sign. There were 10 plagues. First was a sign and wonder. It was Moses' rod turning into a serpent. It looked like a coincidental miracle. And the first plague was water turning into blood. Watch this fish died and now things are stagnant all of the water is stagnant it seems like everything comes to a stop in your life nothing's going anywhere because bloody and stagnant water stinks who am I talking to second uh, second plague was frogs frogs now you've got the stagnant water mixed with annoying small problems and Pharaoh was about to let them go but then he changed his mind it looks like things were getting better then all hell breaks loose the third plague am I talking to anybody yet the third plague where lice are gnats. It's something that's always in your face and it follows you wherever you go. It's sort of like bad breath or a bad record or bad credit. The gnats came because of the stagnant weather. There's some stuff that you're like, every time I turn around, there the problem goes. Every time I look around, there the issue goes. The fourth plague, the flies were everywhere except where the Israelites lived. The flies now came from maggots. Maggots now feast on dead flesh. They feast on dead things, which means now some stuff has died that you're still trying to give life too. Y'all not saying nothing. Uh, the fifth plan, uh, the Egyptian cattle dies, but not the Israelites. Cattle represents their ability to make money and do commerce, which means stuff started happening in their money. All right. The sixth plague, there were boils on the Egyptians. Now they had physical manifestations of what was going on in them naturally, uh, which means they couldn't explain unexplained breakouts, unexplained issues, unexplained sleep uh, interruptions. The seventh plague was that hell and fire rained from heaven, yet it didn't consume the Israelites' land. That means now you think God are you mad at me sir did I do something wrong sir why won't you help me sir why won't you be there uh, the eighth plague the locusts filled the whole earth it looks like uh, your world's getting jacked up seems like nothing's working right in fact locusts represent in scripture a Hebrew idiom for bad decisions which means everywhere you look you see nothing but your bad decisions your bad decisions here your bad decisions there your bad decisions everywhere uh, the ninth plague is that darkness filled the whole land you don't know where to go you don't know what to do you have nobody to call you got nobody to understand you feel like all is lost and you'll start saying to yourself why go on anyhow y'all not talking and then the tenth plague the firstborn died the firstborn is your inheritance it represents watch this the dream you put your life into it looks like it's not going to happen now the very thing you believe that you were sent to the earth to do it looks like you ain't going to be able to do it now the very thing that you thought was your way out looks like it ain't going to happen now the very thing you said for this reason I live it don't look like it's going to happen now it took ten plagues to get them to the Passover touch your neighbor say I'm so glad I didn't give up during my plagues. That's a good place for somebody to shut. You could have gave up on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But those plagues were necessary to get you to Passover. So now here we are, Exodus chapter number 12. Here it is. Say, it's the Passover. I'm going to read very quickly, Exodus 12 and 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. Remember, the Hebrew calendar has four different beginnings depending on the reason. So this now deals with a spiritual reason related to Passover, because the civil year changed at Rosh Hashanah. Look at verse 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a what? A lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for his household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him take his neighbor next to his house. And basically said, let him help out. Get to verse 5. Your lamb shall be without what? Blemish. Okay? He shall be without what? Blemish. That, that means perfect. Jesus was perfect. 
Got it? Then it says he shall be a male. Jesus was a male. Got it? Of the first year, meaning, watch this specifically here, it dealt with a year old, but watch this specifically, it deals with the firstborn. Say the firstborn. You may take it from uh, the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it when? At twilight. The whole congregation will kill it. So that's why Jesus had to be there on spectacle in front of everybody. Because they all had to see him at his worst. So then when they saw him at his best, they'd say, is this the same Jesus? Can I help somebody? Stop being ashamed that some folks have seen you at your worst because in a few days, they're going to see you at your best. I need some money to shout about that. Yeah. You've been ashamed. You've been feeling bad. Stop feeling bad. They're about to see you at your best. Verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs shall they eat it. They gave Jesus what? Sour wine, which was nothing but wine mixed with myrrh and it was called bitter. You see? Now, what's this? Verse 9. Do not eat it raw. It gives some more instructions. And goes on. Look at verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, 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 here, here's the deal. Say quick fast, quick fast. in a hurry. In a hurry. G- g- now, why did God tell him to hurry up and eat it? He said, because when you honor me, I'm going to hurry up and do something. No, think about it. Think about it. Why did he say eat it in haste? Watch this. Look at verse 12. He tells you, because I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt on that night. And I'm going to strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Lord is all caps, which means that is God's covenant name. Yadhewafah, Y-H-W-H, which means uh, that is God's name. God is not God's name. God is a title. God's, uh, the name God comes from the word gudon, which just simply means source. It's a 6th century Germanic term. God's name is Yadhewafah, Yahweh in Hebrew, Jehovah in English. He says, I am Yadhewafah. So when the scripture says don't take the name of the Lord in vain, it's not saying God. It's saying that. So when a Hebrew speaks, they'll just say the name because they don't want to take the name in vain because they know when they say that name, they're calling on a force far greater than anything ever experienced. So they don't play with the name. Does the neighbor say, don't play with the name? Notice what he said. I'm going to execute judgment against who? The Egyptians. Now, Egypt represents, watch this, the old version of yourself. Egypt represents nouns, people, places, things, and ideas that oppose forward progress for you. And God said, on this night, I'm going to get them. You've been wondering. You've been waiting. You you said, God, are you just going to sit back and let this happen? He said, let the Passover come. (laughs) Somebody say, it is the Lord's Passover. Verse 13, now the blood shall be a sign. Now remember, he told him to take the blood of that lamb and apply it over the doorpost. So for us, it's applied to our lives. For them, they applied it over the door, which represented their dwelling, which represented the substance of their life. Got it? You still here, church? Yes, Verse 13, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, 
Say it with me. When I see the blood, uh huh, watch this. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Got it? Got it? It's some folk that should have apologized for tonight to you. All right, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. Verse 14. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a what? Feast to the Lord throughout your what? Generation. So why do we still honor today? Because he said so. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. So Passover immediately steps into the feast of unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats unleavened bread from the first day to the seventh day, that person shall be cut off for Israel. Now, I'm not dealing with unleavened bread tonight, so we, we move it on from that. We just dealing with Passover. Say, so we dealing with Passover. Say it again. Say, so we dealing with Passover. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Skip down now to verse number 23. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses and to strike you. No, 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 no. Somebody say, I'm protected. Say, I'm covered. Never let what you see on the news mess with you. Because when he sees the blood, he... When he sees the blood, he... So when trouble tries to come, it has to... That's why that accident had to, that's why that financial ruin had to, that's why that bad relationship had to, because when he sees the blood, the destroyer can't mess with you. But watch, but watch, but watch, but watch. He says this, verse 24, and you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons. How long? See why we still do it today? It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord uh, will give you just as he promised. And you shall keep this service and it shall be when your children say, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our what? Okay. He delivered our what? Our what? See, some of you have been praying for your kids. You've been praying, you've been praying for folk that live with you. You've been praying for relatives. You've been praying for family. It seems like the more you pray, the worse they get. But this, this is the Lord's. The book says when he delivered our household. Delivered means to take them out of something. I need you to lay your hands on your neighbor. Just touch their shoulder and say, your household will be affected by this. It was in the text before you got here. These ain't preacher words that just hype you up. This is what the book says. Now, watch this, watch this. Uh, this. So the people bowed their heads and did what? Worship. Uh, That's why in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get a little bit more radical in your worship because you got to make sure that you follow this thing out. And we only got four minutes to do it. You got it? Now, watch this. Verse 29. Now, I want you to read this. Actually, I want you to look at verse 28. And I want you to read this to understand the power of this. Every time I read these verses, it, it, it just makes me just want to, you know, just run. But I need you to catch it like that for yourself. Now, watch this. Either you believe him or you don't. But touch your neighbor and say, I choose to believe him. Say, because if I check his credit, it's good with me. Where the folk that can look back on God's credit over your life? And his credit is mighty good with you. You didn't know how he was going to do it. You didn't know how it was going to happen. But somehow, someway, his credit is good with me. Somebody holler, his credit's good with me. 
It was down to the midnight hour and you didn't know how it was going to work out, but he stepped in because his credit is good. So either you're going to believe this or you're not. But since you're here, I think you choose to believe. Okay, now verse 28. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. You read it. So I'm going to give you some instructions in just a moment. And so what's going to make this happen for you is you following the instructions. Got it, church? Got it, church? Verse 29. I want you, well, no, I'm going to read this. It's kind of long, so I'm going to read this one, and I'm going to let you get to the short verses because I don't want y'all reading long, cutting into my preaching time. (laughs) I'm just being funny. Verse 29. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. Which means, watch this. When the Passover hits, God says, listen, I don't care how high anybody was that crossed you. I, 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 don't care, I don't care how great they think they are. If they cross my kids, if, if they mess with my kids, they, okay. Which is why I learned never to get uh, even with an enemy because God's got a way to get, okay. Verse 30, so Pharaoh rose in the night, he and all his servants and the Egyptians, there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night saying, rise, go out from among my people. Both you and the children of Israel, you read that. As you have said, which means this, watch this. Pharaoh then makes judgment based on what they've been confessing. I need you to hear that because there's some stuff in your life. Even after I taught it on Sunday, even after I taught it 50, 11 times, you still been letting some stuff come out of your mouth. Guess what? We all do it because we're human beings. But watch this. During Passover, what you say is now judged. Which means there's some stuff we need to uproot tonight. Matter of fact, I ain't even going to wait. Let's do it now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every negative confession or declaration I've made concerning any area of my life, my children, family, anyone connected to me, in the name of Jesus, I cancel those confessions. Because on their Passover, judgment is made based on what I said. So, I'm prosperous. I'm shalom. Everything concerning me is great. This is my banner year, my best year yet, in Jesus' name. Come on, I got to finish. Here it is, verse 32. Also, take your flocks and your herds. What does he say next? As you've said. That's why you've been pushed so much lately to say stuff. Like, you'll know I shouldn't say this, but... We just fix that. And watch what he says. And be gone. <laughs> and bless me also. He had enough sense to know he needed to still be blessed. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes, on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of who? And, the, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of? Articles of? And? Now, now watch this. It's something to say, hey, we used to be your slave. I'm going to need your silver. I'm going to need your gold. And I'm going to need a new wardrobe. That's pretty bold. Look at verse 36. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they 
Thus they talk church. But you missed this out part though. So that they granted them what they Watch this. Now, if, if I'm talking to you and you just do one thing for me, I just need you to stand up, turn around, just, just to reflect, show to yourself and interrupt. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to do this. That's why it's been so hard to pray lately. Because the enemy didn't want you to request nothing. Hold on, let me do that one. It's been so hard to pray lately because the enemy did not want you to make a request because he knew that during the Passover, the Lord would grant, you're not hearing me, he would grant you favor concerning whatever you requested. So watch this. If you don't pray, if you don't declare, if you don't decree, then there's nothing for him to grant during the Passover. No, 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 watch this, no, no. And I'm not just talking about stuff. Say, this ain't about stuff. You've graduated from cash, cars, and clothes. I'm talking to some folks that say, no, Bishop, my prayers ain't even about cash, cars, and clothes. My prayers about how can I use my life in a greater way to change somebody else's life. My prayers are not trying to get a blessing. I'm trying to figure out how to be the blessing. I've, I've graduated from stuff. Well, what's this? Verse 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 6,000 men on foot besides the children. A mixed multitude went up with them and flocks and herds and a great deal of livestock. Now, they were slaves Wednesday morning. But when the feast hits, they were at the bottom Wednesday morning. Uh, they didn't know how it was going to work out Wednesday morning. They said to themselves, I might as well just give up because it ain't working Wednesday morning. But then the feast came. But then the feast came. But then the feast came. But then heaven decided to call a meeting with you. And Look, a mixed multitude went up with them flocks, herds, a great deal of livestock. And they baked unleavened cakes of dough, which they brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were driven out of Egypt. Watch this, watch this. There's some stuff you wouldn't make a decision about. That you knew, watch, that you knew, watch this. It's some, okay, can I just be real? It's some folk you knew should have got cut off in 16. That you held on to in 17. Watch what Passover does. They were driven out of Egypt and could not wait. Nor have they prepared provisions for themselves. Watch this. God says, look. God says, uh, there's some stuff you've been really sitting back on. Like, you don't know. Like, you don't come to church every week and listen to their messages. Like, you're sitting up in a stupor when you're supposed to be super. God says, during the Passover, I'm going to drive you out. Which means, touch your neighbor, say, 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 quick, fast, in a hurry, say, the wind's coming behind you. It's some decisions that God says, I'm going to drive you to make them, and you're going to have to make them quick, fast, in a hurry. It's some folk that need to go out of your life, and I'm going to make them go quick, fast, in a hurry. Why? This is the Lord's Passover. What's this? What's this? What's this? Verse 40. One, two, ready. You read it. Well, well, hold on. Go back to that verse. Say their journey. For 430 years, all they knew, I'm, I'm done. 
Come on. For 430 years, all they knew was slavery. All they knew was jacked up, messed up, tied up, drama, bad relationship, bad money, bad family, bad self-esteem, bad, 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 bad. That's all they knew. And then that generation was born. And when that generation was born, here it is, curse breakers were born. Because after 430 years, all of a sudden, in one night, a curse is broken. And I tell you to high-five your neighbor and say, I'm a curse breaker. Say, I was born for the time I'd be needed most, which is now. So when I tell you things like you're the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline, verse, it says, now the sojourn, the journey of them that lived in Egypt was 430 years. And then Passover came. What has been in your life so long, you can't even imagine not having that dysfunction. You can't even imagine not having that issue. You can't even imagine being free from that. Well, tonight, this is the Lord's Passover. Verse 41, and it came to pass at the end of 430 years. Okay, now that's going to shout me. Okay, so if I run off the stage, that's your cue to come sing a song, okay? And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years. Read it. Oh, 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 go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. No, you missed the shout. I figured you might do that. It's right in between those dashes. On that very same day. No, 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 no. On that very same day. Now you missed the shout. <laughs> On that very same day. Look at me. Look at me. Y'all look at me. 430 years of stuff and God says listen he tells them on the same day you got in your stuff to the same day you got in it 430 years later that's the same day I'm bringing you out that's level one here's level two here's level two on the same day I said I'd bring you out is the same day you're coming out here's number three on the same day somebody say same day on the same day you said to yourself I'm not so sure God Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I'm discouraged. Lord, I'm this. And some of you didn't say it, you thought it. On the same day, he said, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out. Say, this is that day. Say, the same day. Uh -uh, <laughs> Verse 42. It's a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is the night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout all their generations. You read verse 43 and we're done. Start right there. This is the ordinance of the Passover. This is the ordinance of the Passover. This is the ordinance of the Passover. Did you catch that church? Now, now, here's what I need you to get. Here's what I need you to get. You with me? You sure you're with me? Now, here's what I need you to get. Now, there, there's some significance about this day. I want you to flip real quickly. Go to Deuteronomy 16, 16. I want to give you your instructions now. Now, I wanted you to read it so that you could see it for yourself. So this is the Lord's Passover. All right, Deuteronomy 16 and 16. I want you to see this. 
Y'all with me? Now, the significance of this is in Jesus is the fulfillment of Passover and all of the feasts. Got it? Got it? Okay. So then when we look at Jesus, then we see the feasts. When we look at the feasts, we see Jesus. Okay. Watch this. Three times a year, all your males, that means heads of household, shall appear before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses. Say, I'm in that place. At the feast of, which comes right after, which starts today. Remember, we read that. What does he say? You shall not appear before the Lord. What? Come on, don't don't get see. Don't you get quiet when it's instruction time? When they're not appear before the Lord, how? Uh huh. Doing what? The feast of unleavened bread, which comes immediately following Passover. Okay. The Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles. We didn't talk about those two tonight. And they shall not appear before the Lord how? Oh, that's why your word saying it was at the end of the verse. I skipped ahead. Gotcha. Verse 17. Every man, which we just learned, means the what? Head of household. Why is it the head of household? Remember when we read in the text that it said this will be for the household? So what you're doing isn't just about you and your individual thing. It's about covering your household. And every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given to you. You got that? So here are your instructions. Number one, there were a few things that we got from the text. And we'll get in this. We'll pick up unleavened bread next Wednesday. All right. Because it's the other feast day. And then first fruits is on Sunday. All right. So we'll pick it up unleavened bread next Wednesday. But I needed to introduce you to Passover tonight. Say, I got Passover. Now, we went text by or line by line so that you saw the principles and you saw the promises associated with Passover. Now, here's what I need you to get. Say, this is the Lord's Passover. So here it is. The scripture says we should not appear before the Lord empty handed. And I did a, a, a live uh, on, I think, Sunday night or Monday night or something like that. Or maybe yesterday. I don't know what I did. I did it over the last couple of days to talk to you about this. And some folks already did that. I want to encourage you to just obey what the book says. Notice what he says. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. What's that mean? God says, I want to see how important Passover is to you. Got it? So you'll notice I didn't say a specific amount and do anything like that. Because he says, now why would God say give during a feast? Why would God say so during a feast? It is a meeting between heaven and earth. Between God and men that who sets God God says I'm going to set the meeting and I want to see if you really believe what I say is true and if you do give watch what he says as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given what you in other words God says I want to see what you'll do if I don't give a specific amount to do it how important is this to you so if it's a $2 thing for you, okay. If it's a $20 thing for you, okay. But I think your neighbor, okay, maybe it's the wrong church. I think your neighbor, okay. I think your neighbor says, I can't go another year stuck in this same stuff. So I need to come out tonight 
So here's your instructions. Number one, we're going to pray. Number two, we're going to praise. Then number three, we're going to give. And I want to challenge you above your tithes, above your offerings, first truths, all that. Just read just right there for yourself. I want you to see it for yourself. It's not a gimmick. It's not a game. There are some things that I want to see God do for me. And so what I'm sowing tonight, I'm, I'm making it hurt. That's me personally. I'm going to be looking at it and say, okay, because this Passover is important for me. There are certain areas of your life you have to say, I'm not going through this another year. There are certain struggles you've been having. You have to say, I'm not dealing with this another year. There are certain situations going on in life. You have to say, I'm not dealing with this another year. So the question is, is what is Passover to you? It's quiet in the church. It's quiet in the church. It's quiet in the church. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to praise. We're going to give. Got it? And your Passover offering, I don't want you to give it in the normal baskets. Your Passover offering, I want you, I'm going to have you to bring it down here. And you're going to lay it at the altar in just a moment. Uh, and so, but I want you to lay it, lay it, bring it here. And if you're watching online, you can click give or text giving at 59769. We're going to do what? Three things, church. Then. Then. Where did I get all that from? The text. Did, did, did you see? That's why we walk line upon line, precept upon precept. What three things are we going to do? Then, then we're going to give. We're going to what? Then, then. So before we get into that, real quickly, real quickly, we need to do this quickly with your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this experience and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, that's good, good news. There's forgiveness for you. 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him, i got good news for you. There is forgiveness for you. Thirdly, if you give your life to the Lord a long time ago, but you're not really sure, like, Bishop, I think I'm a Christian. I might be a Christian. I'm not really sure. i got phenomenal news for you. This is your night to be sure. This is the Lord's Passover, which means this is something designed to spring you forward fast it's to spring you forward fast quick acceleration acceleration in your business acceleration in your finances acceleration with your children acceleration with some of the problems and issues you've been facing and so tonight if you need to become a christian recommit yourself to jesus or you need to be sure wherever you're at here in the Royal campus or watching on any of our digital campuses on the count of three i want you to throw your hand up and when you do we're going to shout and celebrate uh, for you because we were all standing in that same place and at harvest we're not going to beat you up we're not going to judge you we're not going to throw you down we're going to love you and love you to life one two three if that's you throw your hand up wherever you're at experiences are what people love the most about travel that's why they love viator they have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone plus their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.